let's start things. Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're grateful. Keep our eyes on the text. In your son's name, amen. Okay, already there were some comments on the porch, which, you know, some of the bad students were out there going, what's this first verse? This sounds wrong. This doesn't sound like Bible. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. One of them said, certainly, possibly, he's speaking it in a negative way. I got what I deserved. Nah, not that. According to the cleanness of my hands, he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his ordinances were before me and from his statutes I did not turn aside. I was blameless before him and I kept myself from guilt. Therefore the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness according to my cleanness in his sight. Oof. That, 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 nobody, nobody's allowed to talk like that. This is David. It's a psalm that seems to be positioned. You say to yourself, I remember something about somebody else's wife and killing the guy. Okay, I remember those couple things. This is probably earlier in David's life. Uh, it's when he's finally delivered from Saul chasing him around and all the rest. It's a longer piece than this, but it's bloodier, so I left out the, you know, and so I hacked him and I punched him in the face and, you know, that sort of stuff. I wanted to pull at the thread that obviously gets on us a little bit. We are so grace-oriented. And because of Roman Catholic doctrines of original sin and Protestant doctrines of worm theory about who you are, that even after you get saved, you're kind of a, you know, a bastard. We're all a little, you know, we don't say, I got what I deserve. I should get what I deserve. Because of the, hum the humility of the Christian says, you know, I'm a sinner. I, I need the Lord's help. But what do we do with this? There it is, staring you in the face. It's not just the RSV's translation that makes it sound positive. Sometimes we forget something. Some basic things. You know, we, we get so caught up in, uh, Lord have mercy on me, a sinner which is a great thing for you to remember to say. To being able to say, I have walked in the ways of God at some point in your life. That's what you're training for. You come to church to learn how to walk in the ways of God. Right? Let's just assume that after 20 years or something, you're finally implementing, finally getting around to practically doing it. And you're doing what you were told. At some point, the way, you know, the Christianity used to be called the way. You eventually walk it. You walk the way. You say, I'm going to live life as a Christian. Not as a sinner who gets forgiven by Christianity, but as a Christian. 
Now the next verse, when, it, when David sets himself out there, says, I was pretty good. And God looked at his good servant and said, let's give him good things. I was recompensed according to my righteousness. And it's not self-righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. Not my cleanness in my own sight, but cleanness in God's sight. That God was pleased with David. And God rewarded David. We have to recognize that at some point, and maybe it's because we fight the fight, good fight for the gospel, that we are saved by grace through faith. It is not of your own doing, not of works, lest any man should boast. We know that. But at the same point, the, 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 James, the Lord's brother, is conscious that your Christianity isn't really faith if it isn't doing the way. You can't always be saying, you know, because it's always grace, it's always grace with Jesus. I, I would be even more righteous if I didn't think I could ever be good. Because it's always grace. I want it. And when St. Paul looks at that, he says, are you trying to say that we're saying sin that grace may abound? No, we're not. By no means. We are supposed to be made righteous, not just imputed, but implemented righteousness by the work of God. By the work of God in us, the nature that we've been given, the love, joy, peace, patience, etc. All of those things are implemented to make an actual functional righteousness. And I want you to know there's a certain element here in this psalm that is in 2 Samuel that, that made me well, one, try to tie it into Christianity a little later. We'll go down to the, uh, the Gospel of John at the end. But this portion of the psalm, he comes out of that section where he's saying, God has paid me out for my righteousness, thank you very much. Then he says in verse 26, it's in bold. With the loyal, thou dost show thyself loyal. With the blameless man thou dost show thyself blameless. With the pure thou dost show thyself pure. And with the crooked thou dost show thyself perverse. He's kind of laying out what the equation is in the rest of your life based on deeds. Obviously, there is a phenomenal moment where you recognize your sinfulness where you fall on your knees and say, Lord, forgive me for what I have done. He wonderfully forgives you based on the work of Christ. And then there is the itinerary. The route you go. Now, because I'm old and I'm not used to computers, well, I've worked with computers for a lot of years, but it still was always a surprise to me because I remember oldie times. Razor Rand McNally Road Atlases. And I remember using a MapQuest back in the day, and it got more sophisticated. And you put two de a destination in from your place, and it would draw a road map, and then it would give you optional road maps, and how long each optional road map would take. Very impressive. 
I'm the kind of person who doesn't just want to know I will get to Atlanta at 9 in the morning. I want to know what my itinerary is. That I have to land in Salt Lake, that in Denver, and finally get to Atlanta. I like having that little list. It's not just on the map. I think uh, the, the programs will print out every turn of the way. You know, that you have a, it will talk you through it. Maybe actually. There is an itinerary that is lived, not just a phenomena of repentance. You're not just given grace to forgive you, which takes it away in a moment. You're given the power of God to live the righteous life, and you need to know that that itinerary lived creates a relationship with the God of that itinerary. So if I'm in his way, not getting in his way, but I'm living in his way. If I am loyal, blameless, pure, there's something about that roads that I'm on that is going to bring God into my life in a loyal, blameless, and pure way. He shows himself this way to you. And the converse is equally true. People, do you know people, perhaps, that, let's just call them crooked, let's not call them evil. They're just bent. They decided to make a number of decisions in their life that, I may have told you the story, we were coming back from something, maybe a family reunion in Nebraska. The kids were little, the car was a van. This wasn't the 1990, it was probably the 90, I don't know when it was. We were coming over from Anaconda, you know where Anaconda is in, in Montana. And I was looking at the map, the road map. And on the road map, there was a, we were going to Hamilton, Montana, which is if you go into Missoula and head south, Hamilton is in the Bitterroot Valley there. And that's where Leslie's aunt lived. And I saw a little line that if you left the freeway at Anaconda, you could head right up to the Bitterroots, right over the top of the hill and down into Hamilton without driving all the way, all the dang way to Missoula. It was summertime. It was grand, small two-lane roads. Oh, no, no, small one-lane road. No, no, small dirt track. By the time we got to the top of the range, it was grass. Okay? It was a line on the map, and yes, you could find it. It, it was not a problem, but I can remember looking out the window of this, I think it was still the Grand Voyager at the time, was it? Or the Windstar? You're in a van, you're emasculated already. Looking out the window, and the tops of trees, the tops of them I could touch if I reached out the window, because the road just went straight down. And we survived. We didn't die. But what did that tell Evan about things? Perhaps he should consider the itinerary, the way, the crookedness, because that's what happens on a crooked road. You see and deal with perverse rewards. 
You know people who live their lives that way. They make some choices. They actually think they're smart enough to make a plan. And all you can do is, oh, I remember, I've told some of you the story, Nancy Wilson's dad, they live up in Coeur d'Alene, um, had some guys doing some yard tree work. And he comes out, his crew, and this guy is up in the tree cutting off a limb, sitting on the limb he is cutting off, on the outside end of that limb, cutting it off between the tree and himself. And Nancy's dad said, hey, would you just stop, don't do that. Stop for a second, just a moment. Went in the house, got his wife, come back out. So go ahead. <laughs> and let the guy cut the tree branch off that he was sitting on, because this is how you need to learn. The perverse rewards for perverse plans, perverse ways, crooked ways. You, if you want God to be, because there is a direct karmic reward that God designed into the system. We run as Protestants as quickly as we can to, oops, I made a mistake, dear Heavenly Father, Jesus defend me, be, be my imputation of righteousness. And yes, you need it because you have done many things that need to be forgiven. And you can't do enough good to undo those things. They just have to be forgiven. But for the rest of your life, God has given you a way to live. A loyalty, a blamelessness, a, a purity. That God will stand in your life as something loyal, blameless, and pure. Rather than someone who seems like God is set against you. You ever get that feeling that some people call it just unlucky? You've got to stop and say, if there's good in a good deed. And it seems that not only is there good in a good deed, one of the parts, parts of the things we don't like about certain things David would say, you know, there's the imprecatory psalms, so there's all sorts of things. We don't, we're, we don't have any category to put it in. The kind of moral swagger this almost has. Because I've been really good. God's been really good to me. You really actually want to be able to say that. Maybe just to yourself in your bathroom. Not in church when you stand up to share. I want to let you all know that I've been really, 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 really good. And God's been really good to me. You might not want to declare it. But knowing it is part of the way the world is working under God's guidance. And you knowing when you've been victorious, you knowing when you've done the right, brings a confidence because you know there's an agreement between you having done the right and God's reward of you. He says, I will be loyal to you. I will be blameless to you. I will be pure to you. Thou dost deliver, verse 28, a humble people, but thy eyes are upon the haughty to bring them down. He knows, he knows that this kind of voice is one of the arenas of sin. You've got to watch that. When someone accused Christ of, why do you call me good? There's none good but God. Well, he was good. 
Did he know he was good? Did he know the pleasure of God rested on him? Are we even, are we working? Maybe if we stopped being such, you know, kind of that fake, grotesque humility. Oh no, I really don't deserve it. Just start doing holiness. And start having the confidence that your God approves of you when you do holiness. And just to yourself, I don't want to hear it, I just yourself. It meant that, yeah, I walked in the light today, and God was really good to me. We don't want to be haughty, because he delivers humble people. He says in verse 29, Yea, thou art my lamp, O Lord, and my God lightens my darkness. Yea, by thee I can crush a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This is, a, this is Superman. Leap tall buildings in a single bound. Now he is thinking of it entirely in terms of laying siege to a small stone-walled Palestinian village. He says, I could leap to the top of the wall. The sword of Rabidash strikes from above, or something like that. Is, but this is David. I can just jump to the top of the wall, which is, in their world, quite a deed. Quite a deed. We all want to be superheroes. They're always inventing new ones so you can always have hope that sometimes a radioactive spider is going to bite you and things will turn out. The chicks will finally like you and, and you can do things, important things. But that's the kind of thing I can crush a troop by God, I can leap over a wall. The, meditating on the good God can do in your life because you serve him. When it tells you something like uh, that in James, where is it? where's James? In the New Testament. That the prayer of the righteous man has great power in its effects. Elijah was a man of like nature with ourselves, and he prayed and fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Because if you acknowledge him in all your ways, he will do these things. He will answer your prayers if you do his will. Do we want that? Do we, do we want to be training to get past our, you might say, our reliance on grace, that the other grace of God, which is the uh, kind of the relationship you have with him, as you say, I'm picking up your way rather than my way. I'm living by your standards and your itinerary. I'm not driving over that dumb road, that goat track in the Bitterroot Mountains. There has to be some element that you can't just write up a picture that says, this is what I think piety looks like. It's always, I am a worm and no man. Because sometimes you are a worm and you need to repent. Sometimes the Lord has done a work in you and you've done a work for him and he wants to go, yes, well done, good and faithful servant. We're, we're aiming to get that. You know, we, we don't want to have 
depart me from me, you workers of iniquity. You want well done, good and faithful servant. That means you have to believe there's a relationship between his being his faithful servant, taking the talents he gave you, the money he gave you, and investing it in such a way that his kingdom is benefited. He speaks highly of those people. He's loyal to them. He's pure to them. And if you decide to run your life, you know, like the average American is deciding to run their lives, you will get that kind of God rewarding you. He will be perverse to you. Because verse 31, not you can not only leap over a wall, he says, this God, his way is perfect. We're making, one of the things that in certain phrases affect me, I like this one. This God, his way is perfect. When we talk about God, we don't talk about this God. Because talking about God is just you being a theist. You could be a deistic theist, you could be a Christian theist, you could be uh, an apostate theist, whatever. But you're this God, Yahweh, our Lord Jesus Christ, is a particular thing particular being, particular one. And when uh, uh, at the end of uh, Lewis's essay on obstinacy and belief and why we keep, you know, believing in him against all information, he says not because we're theists, not because we believe in God, it's because we believe in this God. It says it's belief by acquaintance. This God, his way is perfect. And when you have a belief by acquaintance, uh, a belief by knowing this being, and then practicing his way, and, and remember, it's good to think of Christianity not as Christianity, but as a way. In that whole, you know, Tao, the Tao. The Tao of Christ. It is the way he wants man to live in this world. Do you seek it out? Do you find it? Do you expect fully the rewards of having lived by it? The promise of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? That's where it says, if you look at the capitalization, for who is God but Yahweh? And who is a rock except our God? This God is my strong refuge and has made my way safe. <coughs> and you probably recognize this wording here in 34. He made my feet like hinds feet and set me secure on the heights. Meditating on the way of God you know, is sort of like when you're driving down to Portland and you notice the bighorn sheep there on the side of the road and they're up on the crags looking like they shouldn't be up there. Their mother probably does not want them up there. Or you see any kind of mountain goat just walking along like no piggy. I'm standing on gravel suspended on you know, the side of a cliff making big jumps. I'm sure some of them have died. But that's what he's, he's that's the reference. That, this is the kind of footing 
that the way of God, the loyal, the blameless, the pure, the Davids of this world, we decided it was going to be hard. It's going to be a tough go. It's going to be a mountainside. It's coming over. <coughs> you know, I suppose since I actually survived that trip over the bitter roots, maybe I was actually pretty capable. It would have been nice to know that I was capable. It would have been nice to know that that's what the road was going to do when the bitter roots turned to grass um, and precipitous falls. But that's the kind of promise we have, the kind of God we get a strong refuge out of him. It's like hind's feet, goats on the deer on the mountainside that can do incredible things that we can't imagine. Then he says, he trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. Thou hast given me the shield of thy salvation and thy help made me great. Thou didst give a wide place for my steps under me. You all know that, that image, you know, I'm a little less convinced that a mountain goat is what I want to think like, but, or fortressing, but a wide place, yeah. Some place where the, the rubble sort of clears out and you've got a place to move, a place to stand, a place for your feet to go. In ancient battles, skirmishers, your standard uh, until you had the phalanx show up where people were packed in more tightly with spear points uh, being doing the heavy lifting for them. People would like to have enough room where their shield and sword arm and sword could reach out all the way around them so that they would have a wide place to do whatever they had to do in fighting somebody from the other side. But you may have thought that in terms of walking through a stream where it's all, you can't really see that well, it's all slippery rocks about the size of your twisted ankle. And then you come across a sandy, wide place, you can just walk across it. A wide place to stand. And my feet did not slip. These images are ones of a confidence in a God that this equation is there for you to look forward to, to use, and, and not think you're being bad. You avoid the haughtiness, but you say, but the reward of doing what he wants, the reward of following his way, because his way is perfect, it's his universe, his, his knowledge of things, is what I'm submitting to, and I've done it. That's what you want to be able to say, I did what I was told. I loved that person, I, I was kind to this person, I did the right thing. Now, how does this, you know, this is an Old Testament guy. We know that because this Yahweh sent his only son, that his way is not just perfect, that his way is Christ. I have this passage, short bit in John, Gospel of. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Now, we immediately know that the way that we would tell people is by faith alone, by grace through faith. The truth, that you believe in that the grace and faith are the way. And that you live your life by grace and faith. 
You never get around to saying, you know, there was a righteousness, a holiness that Christ leads us in. When it talks about his greatest commandments, love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself. And then St. Paul says in Romans that all the commandments are fulfilled in this one commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And, and, and James says, show me your faith apart from your works, and I by my works will show you my faith. We know that the work of the Christian life is an itinerary that you're expected to live. And not only is it an itinerary you're expected to live, you should be desiring to live it, and you should be desiring to collect on the good that God brings into your life. It's the only way to the Father. If you go the way of Christ, you go all the way of Christ. Don't just say, I'll be here to pick up the free forgiveness and the free life eternal, because I hear that grace is free. I'm not here to pick up following Christ. Well, man, but you ought to be, because that's the way of the Lord. You don't come to the Father except by him. What does he want you to do? How does he want you to live? It's not just a perfect way that we have in Christ. It's Christ we have. Now, I didn't just repeat that accidentally, that portion where it says, because you believed and lived, it felt a certain way. The recognition of God in this universe in the Old Testament, long before people knew what the Messiah was going to do and be and how that was all going to work. He was still a strong refuge and still gave you hinds feet on high places. Still gave you a wide place to be. Still could jump to the top of the wall. But even more so in Christ because we believed and because we lived it. But we have to believe and we have to live it. We can't just believe that this is true for those who do it and we get it. No. We do it. And then we get the blessing of God. And he shows himself to be loyal, blameless, and pure to us. If you had known me, it says in verse 7, you would have known my father also. Henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and we shall be satisfied. And he said to, Jesus said to them, I, have I been with you so long and yet you do not know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Remember, that which we pick up from our Christ, when we look at the Christ, look at the Gospels, look at his teaching, all those are emblems of how he lived and what he taught us to live like. And he says, you don't get to the Father except through me. And I, frankly, am your only vision of the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because I am in the Father and the Father in me. You realize that the God of all things, this Jesus guy is not just doing a David saying, I, I was pretty righteous so God has rewarded me. He says, you know, I'm God himself. And we are Christians. We are followers of the way. And this is what we're pointing. We need to know what's all involved in the way. We're seeking it aggressively. I was in a good conversation with Drew this week about the seeking of truth. This all matters in such a big way. No pun intended. 
Look at your, look at your um, proceeding itinerary. How's it going? Say, not only did I choose to do certain things a certain way, but I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. When I chose to do things a certain way, I expect God's way of dealing with me to match that. Remember, loyal for loyal, blameless for blameless, pure for pure, perverse for crooked. So, what do you expect? What are you expecting your next 10 years of life to be for you? Are you expecting your, wow, I've been, I've been serving the Lord. I expect his service to be rewarding me. You know, I've actually been kind of plain old Harry with all my choices and trying to make ones that are making ex justify somehow, makes bad excuses for things didn't turn out well. He's going to show himself to you. You're going to meet him. You're going to know this God because of who you chose to be in him and what is the way you followed. Now, you say to yourself, Evan, it's only 20 after. Surely you could say more things. No. I'm not doing it. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we're grateful that you have been good to your people who have been good before you. We'd ask that we'd have the right hearts and not haughty, not arrogant, not self-righteous, but following your way because your way is perfect. Following your son because he is perfect. And we'd ask that our lives would be rewarded by your presence in us. And that when we make wrong decisions, we would feel the corrective of you rewarding us for that as well. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the forgiveness. But thank you for the holiness available. In your son's name, amen.